that you, um, you had. <laughs> okay, let's go. If you have to have finite answers to infinite questions, uh, you're not going to move. What if your truth isn't the truth? You know, I didn't come here to preach to you today. But you know, I feel good. I feel good because I know there's a God somewhere. Hey, my name is Phoebe Yoon, and I'm so excited to be part of this race and faith series um, to talk about how race has played a role in my life and in my faith. Um, so to start, I am Asian, um, or more specifically, my parents are from South Korea, so I am Korean. Uh, has race played a role in your faith? Absolutely, I think. Um, now that I go to a church like Victory Hamilton Mill, um, I've over time, I've learned to embrace my um, my race and despite differences to accept everyone as they are. But in the past, it's definitely had an impact on me, especially because I grew up in a Korean church. Um, has racial tensions caused you to doubt your faith or strengthen it? Um, I think... I don't think racial tensions um, across races has ever caused me to doubt my faith. Um, it's definitely had an impact on me within the Korean church. Um, I definitely had a few um, bad experiences growing up in my church. I never really felt welcomed or that I felt that I belonged. And I think it just, it really had to do with the fact that the church I felt didn't really grow me as a person. Um, and it was very, there was, there was a lot that happened that caused me to doubt my faith and it never really grew me in my faith. Um, but then when I came to victory, I, I just, I suddenly had this huge boom and just like growing and developing in my faith with God. And I realized that a lot of it had to do with the fact that, um, victory was so, um, racially accepting and it, um, taught you to just love everyone despite their differences. So uh, I don't think racial tension specifically has ever caused me to doubt my faith. I think it just, in the past, my race itself has, um, hindered me in growing in my faith. Um, has is race something that truly matters to you um i think i've had a very i've had quite a bit of a love-hate relationship with my race it um it's definitely been a struggle and something that that i've had to work on i've never had any issue with loving others of different races um that has never really mattered to me but loving my own race actually was probably the most difficult thing for me to deal with um and it had to do with how I grew up and um, the experiences that I felt being I was bullied in a Korean church growing up. And so I definitely had some of that hurt growing up. And so it became a matter of me having to learn how to accept my own race and my own people. Um, but when it comes to just living everyday life and going about things, uh, race has never really been much of a um, huge thing to me. I've never really considered it um, something to consider when getting to know someone. Um, have you had to deal with hatred towards you for your God-given race? Um, I've never had anyone show me hatred for being Asian or for being my race. Um, 
I've definitely, I definitely started to feel a little fear when, um, COVID-19 came around and I started seeing news and in New Jersey and New York, um, especially because some of my family lives there. And I was hearing about, um, Chinese or even Korean people being, um, being persecuted just for just for being Asian. And that was the first time ever really that I felt any sort of hatred towards my race and that I started feeling skeptical of what others felt of me. But other than that, I've never really had to deal with anyone really confronting me about my race. So um, that's very good, I'd say. Um, have you maybe hated another race for any reason? Do you feel that has hurt your relationship with God? Again, um, going back to my old church, I never really had a problem with loving um, other races. I truly, like my best friends are all different races and I love that about my group. Um, however, I have had some difficulty in the past loving my own race and loving my own people. And I think, again, that has to do with how I was raised and the experiences that I went through. And uh, I don't think this exactly... It never took me back from my relationship with God, but it definitely stopped me from going forward. Um, I had to learn how to love people all around. Um, even though I felt like a part of a part of myself felt like it was justified for me um, not to fully embrace my own race or that I could just kind of ignore that part of my past and move on. But I definitely have had to have this one-on-one -on -one with God and where he was showing me that race is something, isn't just something to love in others and to, um, um, to, uh, race isn't just something that you disregard. It's something that you embrace. And that's definitely been one of my struggles in the past, especially with my own race. But, um, I think that God's showing me that loving who loving others has to come from loving who you are and who he's made you to be so that you can go and love others the way that he loves you. And so um, I've definitely had that struggle, but I continue to work on it day by day. I've over the past year, I've definitely had God bringing more and more people of my own race of Korean and Asian um, into my life. And I've been um, learning to be more accepting and understanding of people of my race and um, that has been a huge thing in my relationship with God and him taking me to that next level. So um, that's, I guess that is all I have to say for this topic. So thank you so much. And this was awesome. Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out the Raw Radio podcast. It has been a crazy minute um, getting back to the podcast and finishing up this this little series we're in called Race and Faith. So I'm sorry it took so long. Uh, we've been doing a lot of maintenance here at the house and in the studio. Um, been busy on the roads a lot with work and DJ stuff. So thank, I'm finally coming back to this. And then also, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Um, I really didn't want to finish this series. Um, just really conflicted um, trying to get back to it and the topic at hand. And it was just really hard and discouraging to get to this point. And uh, I'll tell you reason why. Um, just, you know, as you're trying to to do something positive and you're really trying to 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 run the race right and, you know, really try to put something forth that is meaningful and worthwhile. But then the enemy just comes and just shows you things and 
gives you these experiences that are very discouraging, disheartening. And then, of course, there's things that are happening out in the world. And it's like going against everything that you are talking about, everything you're striving for just made this all the more difficult and allowing other things to just let me put this back put this on the back burner, but I have to keep going because I'm actually, um, this week has been really encouraging as I've dived into more apologetic studies. It's just some other things and talking to other people really got me encouraged to just put forth more into this. And so I want to do a huge shout out to my brother who's been on the show multiple times, my man, David Rolex. Um, I love you, man. Thank you so much for uh, encouraging me to get back on this. And of course, to my wife as well, she's been pushing me to get back on this as well. So I want to thank them um, really just being the voice in my ear to keep pushing forward and getting this done. So yeah, this is part three of um, race and faith. And so um, I, I started out like this, man. I remember the the first time I heard someone in particular say this phrase to me, this was a while back, um, a good while back. And I remember distinctly now how like just looking back and, you know, and thinking about what he said and how he said it and how he felt. And uh, it's not, you know, something <laughs> super detrimental, but the fact that he said it and he really believed it, you know, there was no malice towards him, but he really felt this. And basically we were talking about something and I guess I think at the time we were both working at Home Depot and someone had said something to me and it was, you know, pretty racist. And I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna just let it go. And then he was like, you know, he was asking me why I was so upset about it. And I was like, you know, what he said was pretty racist and whatever. It was it may have been a small joke to him, but to me, it felt, you know, different. And he was like he looked at me. He was like, come on, man. Racism doesn't exist anymore. We're over that stuff. And, you know, some other things to that effect. And I looked at him and I was like, are you serious? Uh, that could be so far from the truth. You know, he was really confused because, I mean, I guess where he grew up and how he grew up, you know, things like this really didn't happen. And, you know, I, you know, I couldn't fault him for that. You know, that's just how he saw the world. And I, I can completely understand that because I've heard that several times. But it's obvious that racism, racial tensions, uh, systematic racism, uh, even race and reconciliation are all still hot button issues even to today. And a lot of I've heard a lot of people think like, man, it's still 2022 now. We're in the future. We're still dealing with racial issues across the board. And for some reason, more than an issue, it's a I feel like it's a burden for a lot of people. We're like still dragging baggage for it. And we're still reminded every single day um, in some form or another, whether it's a uh, 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 seems like a mass shooting that's directed towards a particular people and not just black people, but other people as well. Um, you know, even those conversations, people say, oh, it's not this, it's this and it's something else. Um, but I still feel like there's that that part of when it's geared toward a distinct group and they're all the same race slash culture. It is. Um, and it very well could be. And and I'm not doing this podcast to, you know, first cause discord and strife. I'm really doing this podcast to bring forth some of the themes that we started out in episode one, but also things that I think we have forgotten as believers who are supposed to be leading the charge in how we are to conduct ourselves in accordance to the kingdom and God and the example that Jesus Christ himself left. And so now let me pause before I begin um, to wrap up this series. If anything that I have said already or that you've heard in one of the 
other episodes um, has begun to stir anger or ill thoughts or um, or you're ready about to turn this episode off just for 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 two seconds, for two minutes. Matter of fact, two minutes or a minute. Go ahead and just pray. Take some time to pray. Shut everything out and just pray. Um couple of things that God opens up your heart, your eyes and your ears. And this is this is the way I pray for whatever I'm speaking or in a group setting, because I feel like those three things that God opens your heart, that he opens your eyes and and not just like your physical eyes, but your spiritual eyes, um, discernment and let the Holy Spirit show you things and reveal things to you and open up your ears in the same effect is that as the eyes is that your ears are opened up in a supernatural way that you he- begin to hear things whether it's tone reflection in and and regarding to this episode hurt as well and that god opens up your your eyes so go ahead and do that pause the episode and do that because i know that i know automatic as soon as someone says and it's happened to me i'm sure it happens on to any race as soon as we start talking race whether it's in church or just a maybe a political sense or any other sense that race is brought up in any form or type of topic people can get very on edge and protective and divisive and um and hurtful and things like that and that's not what i'm trying to do at all and that's not what we try to do here uh, on the podcast or anything like that so go ahead and get that prayer in and then let's continue with this episode hey my name is alex and i'm here with my fiance hi my name is ashley yeah, we're really excited to kind of talk through um, some of these questions here uh, from the Roar uh, podcast. It's actually a, a pretty interesting topic when it does come into race uh, and faith. Uh, it's because we have an interracial re- uh, relationship. We have two different races. I'm African-American. And I am Hispanic. So um, let's go through this. I think it is an important discussion just to kind of talk through like uh, how race and our faith has played into pretty much how we go through our, our daily lives. Um, Ash, do you want to start? Um, sure. Why not? Um, so the first thing that we have to talk about is um, if race plays a role in your faith. Um, and I don't believe that it does. Uh, Alex and I come from a similar faith background, myself being Catholic and Alex being um, Christian. It's because we don't really feel that race does have a role to play in our, in our faith just because we were brought up in families that, you know, faith was was it was what brought you was what took you through, excuse me, uh, or what helped you overcome some of the racial uh, issues that happen on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that, and I'm pretty sure you can agree too, Ash, there's a lot of things that go through on a day-to-day basis where, you know, of course, people with a specific race have a specific religious background, but that might not always be true. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can choose whatever religious background that you'd like to, we're not here to judge, but we do believe that um, it doesn't necessarily play a factor into it, but mm-hmm. uh, it is what ha- keeps us strong through some of the racial in- uh, tensions that happen on a day to day basis. And, and you can chime in or even agree, mm-hmm. disagree, but I'm pretty yeah. sure you're on the same spot. Yeah, I definitely am on the same spot. I mean, at least for us, um, our faith plays in our favor rather than to a disadvantage. Because, again, with our faith being so similar to each other, we kind of have a 
a similar understanding of what it means to us individually and then what it means to us collectively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of going from there to collective portion. Yeah. I see one of the questions here is uh, has racial tensions caused us to doubt or to strengthen it, strengthen it. And honestly, you know, from a racial tension portion, I would say that it would, it would, it would push us to strengthen it. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. examples in, in what we believe that, pretty much prepare for some of the things that we see on a day-to-day basis. Um, And just because some of the racial tensions are now being brought to light, doesn't mean that it's been happening. It hasn't happened behind the scenes. They're just put on CNN or they just put on a major news outlets for everyone to see. But this is stuff that we've been going through, you know, whether it's, um, you know, uh, racial disparities uh, between, you know, um, whites and and blacks or even Hispanics being, um, you know, having having the short end of the stick i mean it doesn't it doesn't really matter from a minority standpoint of being inside the country this is something that we've been we've had to deal with from every aspect whether it's to try and get a job whether it's so i would say that you know if we're still here and we're still strong in our faith then it's only been doubled down for to to believe in what we do believe uh, and to continue pushing forward yeah i definitely agree i mean i think it does um in this situation, it has strengthened um, us in a way. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much took everything. Um, what I was thinking. Yeah, my fault. I didn't mean to take your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah. Why don't you go to the next uh, question? I think it's: uh, Have you had to deal with hatred uh, towards your race? towards, I guess you're Hispanic. So maybe we can answer this differently because mm-hmm. you're Hispanic yeah. and, and I'm African-American. Like for me personally, I've had certain situations that's happened to me to say, you know, maybe I'm just not favored because of the color of my skin. But even outside of myself, I see the hatred towards my people. I see I can and not to speak for Ashley, you know, for her race, but I see the hatred in certain instances against Hispanics, especially for the past four years where we're getting into a situation where, you know, they they are no longer welcome into our country or they basically are, uh, you know, everything of that nature. And it, it does kind of hurt me in a sense that we can't all get along. But at the same time, you know, to be able to be in a household that does have faith and to see that our races are both having those disparities where people are essentially you know, putting us in a spot uh, where either we're not welcome or we don't we don't have the same opportunities does give make us stronger internally to say, hey, you know, what, we're going through something together and only together we can make it through it. So and that's where it comes down to the belief in God and what he can do here for you on, on any on any type of basis. Um, and I think that's what this question is geared towards. Yeah. And it's almost kind of sad to say, like, right now in this day, even though kind of thinking back at it, like I'm looking, you know, I'm watching TV, watching CNN and seeing all these immigration things happen. And it is predominantly Hispanic um, people that are being, you know, taken from their homes, deported um, and going through those immigration camps and all and all that kind of thing. But it's like it's almost like so common now that like for this moment, I had to even kind of dig deep to realize like, wow, it's uh, again, not something that happened personally towards me or anything like that, but it's just like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot to think about. I mean, through, you know, honestly, just like, um, you know, because you want to be able to do something different or you want to be able to do something to change. And obviously you can do something. We're all we all can do something, whether we're here for each other, whether we can, you know, um, you know, meet together, you know, whatever the situation is, be a part of the community. There are certain things that we could do to change, but it feels like all of these things that we try to do to change, the outcome is always the same just because hatred is always going to be a part of this world. And, you know, honestly, this leads into the next question. I don't believe, you know, even though I don't believe, I know for a fact that like us as a household, we don't, we don't hate on any other race or anything like that. You know, we, we welcome all races, just kind of like, you know, how we began this conversation, you know, I'm Christian, my fiance is Catholic, but we were able to accept each other's religions. We were able to be a part of each other's religions. We were able to understand each other. And that's kind of the, the spirit that we want to bring um, into the world with anybody else that we meet as well. It doesn't matter what type of race you are or anything like that. And, you know, I'll leave it to Ashley to kind of chime in on that too. Yeah, I definitely agree because Alex and I are both open books and we, well, at least for myself, um, I like to kind of have that um, uh, viewpoint of, you know, when I look at people, I do see like color um, because I have to understand where you know, others may be coming from in this situation that I may not understand entirely because I'm not of that race. Um, you know, giving the people the opportunity to at least educate me or give me knowledge on what maybe they're going through or what it's like to be in their, um, in their shoes. Right. Because if I say that I don't see color, I would be lying. Um, because I have to, I have to see color. Like, even though, um, where am I trying to get here? Like, obviously Alex is a different skin color than me. And because I'm with him, I don't want it to be the assumption like, Oh, you, you probably don't see color, you know, because you're with him. It's like, that's kind of like the opposite where it's like, I have to see color because I have to understand that, you know, what he feels and what he may go through if he's ever discriminated against or even vice versa. Like, and then one day, you know, we hope to have children and I have to understand that because my skin color isn't the color of, you know, what I look like. And it's probably going to be maybe a mixture of both of us. Most likely I have to understand from that viewpoint that it's going to be different for my children um, growing up in a world that has, so much like hatred or negativity towards specific races. So again, I'm pretty much an open book with others and I don't hate any specific race for any reason. Yeah. And I think honestly, this is, this has definitely strengthened our relationship with, um, well, with our faith, with God, uh, the way we kind of go through things because we understand that it's in his hands. And if we just continue to do right by ourselves and we continue to provide, uh, we, you know, obviously live in his ways that, you know, things are going to come, you know, our way, things are going to be the right way. And, um, that, you know, that's the best that we can do. I think right. we can't really do anything more outside of that just because, mm-hmm. you know, when you try to extend overextend yourself beyond the capabilities, you know, we're not God, you know, we let God be him and we let him decide on 
what what is best for us. We just make sure that we walk in his in in his light and make sure that we continue to have faith, uh, because honestly, without that, there would be no direction. Like, mm-hmm. could you imagine um, pretty much living in in in, in an area or even in a world where not only all of this hatred is going around, but you don't even know where yourself is going. You'd be mm-hmm. really confused. You yeah. might not even you might do the wrong thing. We don't you can't really say for sure, like, hey, this person doesn't come from a faith background or anything like that. But mm-hmm. you start seeing some of the mental breakdowns of some of these people. And it's like, wow, you know, it's it's not their fault entirely just because this world is becoming increasingly terrible. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, faith definitely changes that faith definitely puts you in that path. Uh, to be able to, you know, obviously think the right way, be there for others. And, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, essentially going back to the foundations of what faith is stemmed off of. Exactly. Um, Because if you have faith in something, whether that be, you know, God or um, any other higher power, you still have a path that is leading you to help you make the decisions that you make every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I think, you know, that's what it like, like Alex was saying, that's what it ultimately comes back to, to square one in any situation that you're in trying to figure through or trying to find guidance in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you again, took the words. Sorry, out of, I keep taking my, words out of, your out of my mind. That's a, that's, I'm sorry. I keep taking words out you're of your mind. I mean, we could end off on this note though. And um, uh, one of the questions here is, is if race really matters to us, um, and that's from a personal level. Uh, I do believe race mat- uh, I mean, race does b- uh, matter to me, um, you know, from the fact that I understand what m- like my parents had to go through to get me to where I'm at. Um, and that's why it matters. It also matters kind of like what you're saying that you, you have to see color to understand, not to say, not to, not to be able to, um, you know, like be racist or anything like that. That's Mm -hmm. not where you're going with that. It's essentially you have to see color to understand and put your shoe, your feet in another person's shoes and be open to that. And that's where race matters to me from even an external standpoint, not just Mm -hmm. from internal, from where I've been through, but to understand what Hispanics have gone through, Asians have gone through, white, uh, white uh, people has gone through all of that stuff and see that race matters in that context for us to become a better place uh, to not be ignorant. Um, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, because even if, well, kind of just jumping onto that, because even if you want to learn something about another person's faith or religion or, you know, racial background, um, I feel like nowadays people are really sensitive towards it, but it's like, I'm only coming from the viewpoint of I'm, you know, honestly ignorant to it, but I'm, I want to learn, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say uh, on the matter. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this works. And uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah that's, that pretty much ends us. Yeah, well, thanks for listening to us for the last umpteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully we are able to shed some light on on some of this. And, you know, we're just we're just people trying to live through through the day and we have each other to, to lean on. And then also with that, we, we kind of just bounce back to having our faith, you know, with us to get us through any troubling times or any times of accomplishment. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity and take care. All right. All right. Now we good. 
how you feel uh you guys probably like i were worse than when we started it's fine it's fine we're gonna get through this but regardless here we go um trust that i have no doubt that i'm going to upset some people probably you know but by my calculations jesus was a truth dealer and above all else not a people pleaser and i'm trying to reflect the same tone um so what i'm saying is you know I understand not everyone's going to understand this. And this is a lot of this from my viewpoint and how I see things. Um, But I really feel that the stuff we're going to go over in this episode is just straight truth from the word. And, you know, if we want to have a conversation, cool. I just ask that whether however you see this podcast posted, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram or anywhere else and any kind of questions that's included, I just ask that you be respectful. If you want to have conversation and dialogue, I'm all for it. I'm all about it. I feel like that's how we grow the most. But just I just ask that you keep it respectful. If not, you're going to have to deal with Jesus. <laughs> that's just about it. So, you know, we're, we're going to just, we're gonna jump in. And so I realize now that even trying to undertake a small part of this conversation, you know, just asking some questions and dipping our feet into it, I realized I was undertaking a lot more than I thought. As you will hear throughout the episode, there's going to be a couple of, uh, of my friends and some peers and people that I know answer some questions that I, I wanted a lot more people to, to give me. But I, you know, I asked a ton of people to answer these questions and bring them back. And I got met with a lot of uh, pushback and a lot of people didn't want to. And some of the reasons I could understand some, I felt like people were just trying to dodge it and not want to do it. What I felt was, you know, as you can hear in the questions is just some questions that are based around your faith and your race and how those two intermeet. And it was so surprising to hear the hurt and trouble and just the overwhelming sense of how much this, how much race and, you know, racism more so has hurt people and the baggage they carry from it. And so, you know, I feel like for most of us, this is going to be, you may see this as attacking someone, but this is not what this conversation is. And especially in this episode is basically from a Christian or a Christian standpoint, if you are a follower of Christ and your and your aim is to be a disciple of Christ, this is the viewpoint I'm speaking. I'm speaking mostly to Christians for the most part. Yes, this, it's going to be backed by actual scripture. So I'm speaking to Christians in this episode um, from a standpoint of how we should be looking at this and ultimately the best way to get to reconciliation. And I feel like now and a lot of pressure has been put on church to really reconcile and i feel like people may feel forced to it but i think because it's an issue that we've always kind of just dismissed now that we really have to press into it now people are feeling forced when i feel like it shouldn't really be that much of an issue at all it should not be but i feel like we always make things harder with the way we think we we let things go and we let the world kind of dictate how we handle things a couple of things is you know i've realized that we have forgotten we have um, we have to live lives that that model Christ. We have forgotten that which means most the first and second commandment. And I think that right there and me and my dad have had this conversation. Literally, you can fix most everything from you know, Roe v. Wade and abortion talk, you know, the talks on homosexuality and transgenderism and all those type of things, and especially racism, 
and the divide there. And most everything is a divide. And I'll come back to that later, probably on an, a little bit more in this episode and, and some other episodes. But everything is division, um, dividing us away from the kingdom, away from God. And I think the first and second commandment are is such a game changer in the instance when God is when or I'm sorry, when Jesus is asked about the first and second commandment, when you if you read over it too quickly, you miss how he set it up and you miss how he essentially broke it down right within just answering the question. And some smart aleck who was trying to get Jesus in trouble, Pharisee was coming at him and he was like, hey, so then if you Mr. Know-it-all, what's the most important commandment? And it was crazy how, like, again, if you read over it, it just, you miss it. And it's very subtle. And I had missed it a couple of times and not until my pastor had kind of shown that in a message and it blew the doors off of everything. And so it goes like this. And Jesus replied to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is unselfishly seek the best, seek the best or higher good for others. Pause. Seek the best or higher good for others. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. I think it's almost safe to say, in a sense, that if you miss either two of these, you've blown it as far as whatever it is you're trying to do in as a Christian um, as a believer, as a disciple, as a prophet, as a whatever, in the house of in the house of God, in the kingdom of heaven, if you miss any part of the, those first two, you pretty much lost it. And I and I've read several times and have had several conversations where these two, if you abide by these two, you've pretty much you can pretty much take care of everything, all the rest of the commandments. Because by these two standards, they pretty much cover everything else. Every conversation that we have, every beef, every squabble, everything is centered around these two. Now, you, of course, you can go into detail and be like, what about this? What about this? What about this? But I'm pretty sure I can draw a direct line straight to this. Now, a lot more comes into this as you look at how the Holy Spirit operates and and having discernment i think those two really go along with this as well but um as far as that goes we have forgotten that part we have forgotten that part and i love the way the amplified <laughs> some people make fun of the amplified version because it'd be like adding all this extra detail into it but i think in that one that was certainly justified to use that that is unselfishly to seek the best or higher good for others Wow. Wow. Are you serious? Man, we don't sometimes we barely even do that for our own families, let alone for the person on the street or a person of another color and whatnot. Man, certainly. And, and you know, it's crazy, you know, years and years and hundreds of years of Bible lessons, Bible teachings, people who go to Bible school, people who call themselves Christians, people who gone to church for years can sit around and call themselves a Christian and miss that. And I'm not saying I'm perfect because I know good and well I'm not. Um, and I failed to miss this mark too. But having known this, I'm 
trying my best, very, very best to to model this. And to be honest, two people that I that always come to my mind that do this, the great. And I've watched them do this for years are my parents. Um, for anyone who knows my parents, know that they they do this um, abundantly well. There's no question about it. And we can go into that. But um, I want to keep it moving. Um, so we have failed. Uh, or we have forgotten that part. And the second part is we've failed. So we have forgotten. And the second part to it is that we have failed. Um, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. So it's we're not fighting each other, really. Um, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the, the world forces, world forces of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. I know for a lot of people, this is hard to kind of maybe grasp. Um, for me, I, I feel like it's seriously easy to understand this is we're not fighting against each other. When you take a step back from the issues that we're facing and really look at it, none of it makes sense. I mean, none of it makes sense. If you look at a white person or a black person or, you know, Hispanic person, Latino, Asian person, and, and you start to, you know, formulate these thoughts, you're, you you know, a lot of times I think, like, where do these thoughts come from? I could, I can remember distinctly seeing interviews, excuse me, seeing interviews with uh, white people who swore up and down up and down that they hated African-Americans. And then when asked why, they had no answer. I mean, of course, most of us can think, well, maybe you were taught it. Maybe, you know, it's a passed down thing. It's a cultural thing, whatever the case may be. But a lot of it don't even make sense. Honestly, you take a step back. None of this makes sense. We're fighting each other for what? And then, you know, you ask, you know, you talk to some conspiracy people and conspiracy theorists and I, I borderline, I, I walk that line sometimes, but you ask them and they'll be like, yeah, they're dividing black and white people to create political parties, to create political strength. And if you look, you can see that none of this makes sense. We're not fighting each other. We're fighting the spirits and the, and the forces that continually try to wedge themselves in between us. We'll sit or I mean, I, I even think of the stupidest jokes. All black people, all black people love fried chicken. Look, man, you got a you got a basket or plate full of grandmas or aunties or whoever's famous fried chicken. Everybody is going to town. I've made, I make this joke, but I'm serious, though. You make Kool-Aid, you make it right. Nobody's going to turn that down. It's the dumbest stuff. And I know it's a joke, but seriously, though, the jokes we have between each other, I've seen, you know, some, you know, posts where these young kids went and did the blackface to make it funny. Then they get in trouble and then it pisses everybody off always here and there. And this person said this, this person said this. And then where does it come from? Where does it go? Where does it lead? Nothing, nothing. And I have my own personal thoughts and convictions on it. But at the end of the day, you know, you might see, well, well, you're not a part of the team. And or, you know, I've had other African-Americans say, you know, tell me that I'm not, you know, really down with the struggle. Why are we even struggling? I've had, you know, 
white people tell me certain things like, hey, you know, you're different and this thing that, and all of these things that are said. And I'm sh- I can go down the list of all the things even between both sides or from different races, different angles. People will say things to throw you off to again upset you cause division and then we're fighting we're not fighting actual people it may seem like that on the outside and then that's what gets us stuck is to think that we're actually fighting real people we are not we are fighting the darkness and the forces of evil that are present in here and for those of you that are skeptics and really don't believe you can read in genesis all the way back in genesis there is evidence of forces of evil that are here not just satan satan took people with him then there were some other people and those people um bred with other people here it's in the bible it's in the beginning of the bible so some of that has been taught some of that was worshiped and those forces are here causing division and they're and they can't do it the way they used to and so as generations change what can we do and then they found a foothold in race they found a foothold in race that they could exploit over and over and over again they the enemy said okay this part right here between money and greed power and I think race, and then there's some, I feel, it feels like there's some other things in there. I mean, even let's take greed. Let's look at corporate greed. And I know, okay, here he goes talking about this, that, and that. But the amount of money that goes here, there, and other places, and then you got, you know, homeless, you got people who can't afford food. And it makes no sense that some people ascertain so much money for what? To put in the bank, not do anything with it, make sure that they have generations and generations who don't have to work or do anything. And I understand that part of it. And that's great for that, for that. The amount of money and things I see, the level of greed in this country. Wow. It's it's almost spiritual how greed and greedy some people can be. Almost spiritual. But we're talking about race today, so I'm going to keep it on the level. But... I really had to go through that part. And I think I think we have forgotten that part um, about, um, you know, how Jesus laid out the commandments. And I think we have failed to understand really what it means. I think we've read Ephesians 6, 12, and I think we read it and we 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 give it thought. I think we give it thought, but I don't really think we marinate on it. I don't think we um, really let it sink in what that means. Because if you, it's just for a second, if you were to live your life understanding that everything that trends to throw you off from what God has promised you in the Bible itself, to think and look and see um, that this uh, Ephesians 6, 12, and understand that you would look at things, you would look at your whole life. That's a, that's a life game changer right there. Ephesians 6, 12 is a game changer for how to look at your life. I think a lot of people, oh, oh, it's 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 everyone hates me and everyone's coming against me. It's probably not even everybody coming against you. It's probably the forces of darkness coming against you. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, God is forsaking me. God don't love me no more. God's not taking care of me. You know, God's still working. He's still doing his thing and there's nothing that can stop God from doing his thing. But what ends up happening is 
we for, we tend to forget that as you know as we're doing stuff any way the enemy can force himself with into our lives to make us think that god isn't doing what god does he will take advantage of it whether it's in in, in your life whether it's your health whether it's your finances your relationships he will do that and i'm going to stop preaching i'm going to just do this episode and just it, we're just going to keep going so the big two things that i really wanted to emphasize is sympathy and empathy. And I think it's the sympathy and empathy is just spread throughout the Bible in a sense for us to, as we try to reconcile with each other, we need to realize that it was the the idea of reconciliation is I think a lot bigger than what most people think, you know, because even if you look at what, what Jesus did on the cross, I feel like that was a huge reconciling of between us and, and, and God that that act was to reconcile us with with God, remove us from our sins or have the ability to remove ourselves from that sin and be reconciled with God for our transgressions. Um, if we look at Galatians 6 two, praise be to God, um, our, to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And I understand you could take that in a lot of different directions, but I think a lot of times, depending the season that you're in, that can mean a lot of things. And I think in this season for me, it meant reconciling that God comforted me in my troubles. And I feel like if you are someone who is compassionate and has a spirit of compassion. I think some people have more of a spiritual gift in that area than others, but I, I think it's something that everyone can can still walk in. But I feel like for those who see others in distress and not just in a racial issue, but I think especially now is to have compassion, have sympathy. When you see someone, you have compassion for what they're going through. You have also this, I think compassion is a part of sympathy to take a, and see someone where they're at, understand what they're going through. Um, I think it was around the time of George Floyd. Um, I think a lot more um, people uh, who were white had a, a lot more compassion than I had ever seen before, um, or at least tried to have sympathy, which, you know, all I can ask is that you at least try. I mean, for me, that's that's a big thing, but at least tried to understand how we felt seeing these things. You know, I think it was great. And I, I think it was a great time for us to be able to op finally open up and save places and say, yeah, this is what I mean. This is what I feel like. And so I think that is is amazing. Galatians, that was Galatians 6 2, uh, 2 Corinthians 1. Um, verse three and four, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. And I, again, I can see that depending on your season. Um, I think a lot of times it's, it can be powerful for African-Americans to forgive those that have you know, transgressed against us. And now again, this isn't all, you know, white versus black. Um, this can happen in any kind of sense, whether it's um, with Indian people, whether it's with Asian people, Hispanic people. I think a lot of times in the spaces that we are in, we all kind of come together and bump heads in different areas. Um, you know, we all have our jokes against each one. Let's not even act like we don't um, like we don't say it when we're in the house or when we're with the homies or whatever. 
whatever. I think it's I think it's huge. And I've had this conversation with several um, uh, African-Americans or black people. I'm just going to say black people um, about this. And I think there was a case and I think we talked about this on the show not too long ago um, where there was that lady lady female cop she was white walked into the guy's um apartment shot him i think everybody knows the case by now and then the family forgave her for that and then a lot of people were like you know bashing them and calling them stupid christians and you know idiots and whatever for forgiving them and i always thought that was powerful man regardless of the case the situation the circumstances she took away their loved one and then they forgave her for it huge powerful say what you want but that's powerful that's huge um that that was uh second corinthians one three through four um i'm just going to read one or two more um ephesians 4 32 rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn again this is the sympathy um aspect of it just showing sympathy um I think, a lot, again, in the same circumstance over the years, last couple of years, as we've seen more and more of this stuff t- brought to light in a lot of different instances, people have started to like really reach out and be like, you know, hey, man, I really feel your pain. And I, especially in this same sense, in this same kind of vein of sympathy, I've seen a lot of Christians comfort homosexuals and trans people um, in a sense like, like, look, regardless of your choices and regardless of how we both feel about those choices, you still don't need to be treated like this. And I think that's been huge in a sense for, you know, people who obviously believe in two different things, but still can come out together and say, hey, look, regardless of all that, you need to be loved and you need to be taken care of and you don't need to be treated like that because of the decision you made. Nobody deserves that. I love it. And I'll read this one. First Peter 3, 8. He has shown you, oh, mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and love mercifully um, and to walk humbly with your God. The Bible has written um, all throughout it pretty much all throughout it, Um, this sense of sympathy and empathy all throughout the Bible. I mean, you know, most people look at the Bible as, you know, whether it's, you know, it's just a story. You know, I've heard a lot of people mention it as a fairy tale. Outside, it's very real and very verifiable historical accounts. Yes, the Bible is 100% real. It's verifiable. It has actual historical accounts written into it that are accurate. We can go into that later. The Bible can be seen and interpreted as one huge love story from God to us, but it also shows the elements of how God has sent us to others. You can see that outside of even the Great Commission, a lot of what the Bible is telling us is as as God has loved us, we are to love others. And so not this is not just a God to us. This is God to us and us to others type of type of book, type of read. If you're reading it correctly, you know, now I've gone as you know, now I have gone as far as to openly place this on all of us. I repeat, this isn't a one sided conversation. This is for everyone, but especially for those who are believers and not just if you're a white believer. This is if you're a black believer, you're a Hispanic believer, you're an Indian believer, wherever you are from, whatever you are, doesn't matter what culture, what race, what skin tone or how much melanin you have. If you call yourself a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, this is for you. This is for me. This is for all of us. And I need that to be understood. This is a measure as to how 
we truly reconcile. Um, as I begin to put this series, as I begin to put the series together, I hope to put together what I considered a testimonial conversation based on the reality of the world we live in. Maybe I was more optimistic about it at first, even coming out of it as though I hit a really low point with it. I'm still very optimistic that that we can turn things around. I think a lot of people, more people are now have their eyes open. And I think there there could very well be spiritual awakenings all throughout our country, throughout the world to understand this. And I'm not saying it starts with me, but I think it starts with all of us just making a couple simple changes, changing the way we think, changing the way we talk. I mean, I can understand even if you have thoughts that come to your mind, but make sure what comes out of your mouth is God. You know, I I think a lot of times thoughts come to our mind and then it just comes out and it has nothing, you know, it's not of what God wants. But I think a lot of times if we take a minute, pray before we walk out the house, pray when we walk, when we're waking up to make sure that whatever, it doesn't matter what comes into our, our, our minds, that it's what um, God's heart and God and what God has established through Jesus comes out of our mouths and our actions as well. You know, and there were some there are other things that I was kind of met with as I entered in this series that I didn't talk about, um, that I didn't dive into. And I understand for a lot of reasons that I didn't. Because I felt like if we if all we do is press into the issues, I think the, the one of the things is I think everyone knows the issues. I think everyone knows what's really going on. I think everyone could automatically see systematic racism. I mean, if they can't, and that's a fine if they're not looking for it because they're not in a space where it affects them. And I understand that. But I don't want to just pound the issues that most of us already know and can see, but we really can't do much about because there's powers at work that are already moving pieces and places. But I think what makes the difference, what what changes things is when people who say and do things according to the kingdom of God and to the words of Christ and act accordingly under those things can start to make the change. When people can start to make the change in how things are done, how things are are operated, then I think that's where the change is. I don't think doing a lot of deep dives into the issues is what's really going to help in this situation. And I could be wrong. And again, this is this is one of the things that you know a lot of people may not agree with me on, um, but I'm not going to sit around and, and, and just dwell on the issues. I want to make change. I want to make sure this that, that this next generation coming up understands the ability that they have to change the course of history for us. I think every generation's youth and young adults had the ability to make change. And I think the generation now, millennials, Gen Z, all of us, you know, who are in this new generation can really make strides to change how everything is kind of playing out, um, change it for the glory. Um, I still think there's a great harvest out there of people um, who, you know, really want things to change and who really want to turn their hearts to God. I think there can be a great awakening in everything that we're going. And I'm not just speaking these things out because, you know, this is what you say at the end of a message to get everybody riled up, to come to the front of the stage, to do an altar call. But these are things I really believe in. I really believe that people are are really opening up their hearts just to maybe experience some of what God has for them because they know deep down inside that there's more to it. And so, you know, one of those things is, you know, I haven't forgotten the mission. You know, the whole mission is what we are committed to is to go and love others and preach the, the preach the gospel to anyone who's willing to hear and to really turn hearts towards Christ and make new disciples. And I think we can only do that 
we are stronger to well let me say this we're stronger to do that as a unified front not divide not divided within ourselves not having an all black church or not having an all white church and i know to bring those two together can be very difficult difficult's pretty easy we can difficult's pretty easy when you're doing it under christ you know there's going to be struggle there's going to be suffering and i think in any situation but i think we can pull it together if it's done under Christ, you know, and to do all these things, you know, people say it's impossible. It can't be done. Well, you know, I have a God who lives outside of impossible. I have a God who plays around with impossible. So that kind of encourages me to see things as, well, we can do it. Let's see what God does. And and uh, uh, and then just be amazed by, by the work he's doing. So I'm going to just leave it at that, man. Again, um, thanks for checking out episode. Um, let me see. I don't know. I forgot what episode. So I don't even know what episode number this is. I just know it's part three of Race and Faith. I think it's 19. But thanks so much for checking this out. I'm just going to go ahead and pray. And then we're going to be out. And I got so much cool stuff coming, great interviews coming that I'm working on right now. So, you know, make sure you stay tuned. I thank you all for listening as far as you guys have. Let me know. Truly, let me know what your thoughts are when you see the post. Um, if you see the post on Facebook or Instagram, let me drop your thoughts. I would love to hear the thoughts. I would love to engage with you. Um, like I said, let's keep it respectful. And um, I think it's great to keep the conversation going. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing um, us to be able to do this, to be able to come together and talk more about you and to really just strive more for you and what you have for us. And so, Father God, again, I ask that um, everyone who listens to this podcast or has listened to this podcast, that you open up their eyes and their ears and their hearts just towards being sympathetic and empathetic towards each other as you've uh, instructed us in the first and second command that we are to look for the better and the best for others unselfishly put others above ourselves and to love you above all else and so father god i just ask that you open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts to any opportunities um give us discernment to distinguish the differences between what is real and what is not what is of you and what is not of you and also father god i just ask that um your holy spirit to begin to work into people's lives to be able to transform hearts to be able to make doors for open doors for reconciliation between us father god and so i thank you and all that you do we love you and we uh worship and praise your name in jesus name amen once again y'all thanks for checking out the raw radio race and faith part three we got more coming through um i love y'all thank y'all for rocking with me let me know what your, th- your thoughts are on the comments and everything on the post and social media and we'll be back with more Peace. Well, really Stay blessed. an interesting conversation um the question is is what about race and things of that nature so um i am african-american i'm a black man in america and um so the question of what does race play a role in my faith as a black american christian how does race play a role in my faith well um you know i'm very aware of the um history of america and the experiences that black people go through have gone through um, and concerns that we have um, as how I live my life. I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about what other people are doing, have done, or may look at me as um, because I'm more focused on what I'm bringing to the table. And because of I'm a Christian, actually, is the reason why no matter what type of obstacles 
that are placed in front of me, I believe that I can get through or over um, over those obstacles because I, I really truly believe that if God be for me, then no one can be against me. And regardless of my race, regardless of my gender, regardless of their race, gender, background, whatever, when I walk into a room, I don't see a bunch of competition because people are going to have to beat me. They're going to have to beat me out. You don't get to just show up as white, male, whatever the case may be, whatever whatever identity somebody wants to put on, on it. You don't get to just show up as that and beat me because you exist in the space. And because I walk in um, um, as a Christian who loves the Lord, who works hard, um, who uh, understands that they have been imbued with purpose, that I don't have to uh, be um, so concerned about how I'm viewed. Now, um, uh, the question about, um, you know, has racial tensions caused me to doubt my faith or strengthen it? Um, it's a very interesting question because I do think about some of the the, the, the challenges uh, that we face um, or that we feel that we face as um, uh, in our society from different identities and different groups of people. And um, I get frustrated with, you know, what is God saying to these people? Because there are people that claim to be hearing from the Lord on all kinds of different sides of an issue that I believe that God is very clear on and I can just come out, I can I can come off as just another voice that has a different perspective, which at the end of the day, I guess is true, but um, but uh, it frustrates me when the way I interpret the text or the way I believe what I'm hearing from the Lord. So um, at the end of the day, I really believe that the only reason why I give uh, people of other races a chance generally comes down to the fact that I believe in God. And because I believe that God loves everybody and that God has created and has given everyone purpose, that I have to give them all a chance. So I don't just get to dislike other people because I think about the historical atrocities or even um, other uh, misconduct that people from different identities may have towards me or people that look like me. Um, I, I can't... Um, uh, uh, just discount them and, and, and write them off. And so uh, I've never, I can't say I've ever hated people of other races or other of other identities, um, but I definitely get frustrated with um, uh, how people um, view others and view themselves without actually taking the time or having spent any time getting to know them. Um, I find at this point in my life um, that there's a lot of people that have uh, preconceived notions about how other people live their lives without actually having people, um, they don't have cross-cultural connections with people of other races, but they are so sure about how people of other races or other cultures actually like exist or experience life. And I find that to be a very strange, ignorant position to have, um, that there are black people that are so sure they understand how white people live, you know, white people that are so sure about the, how black people live and vice versa. And you can continue on down the line with different races. And these, the, a lot of these individuals that speak so loud or so strong about these other individuals, they don't even have any friends that are of, of these other races. They don't interact with people of these other races, but they're so sure about how those other races like live life. And I find that to be very strange um, to see and understand and hear. And so, um, but at the end of the day, um, how other people live their lives does, has never in my life had an impact about how I see God or the gospel. In fact, 
I work to see other people through the lens of the gospel, the lens of the cross, understanding and believing that God has, Jesus has come to save us all. And because of that, and because we're all here, we all have to work to um, uh, to love, to uh, engage with, to, um, to at least try to, at the very least, <laughs> agree to disagree, but always respect each other. So um, at the end of the day, as a black, as a Christian African-American who believes God, who wholeheartedly trusts the Lord, that all things work together for the good of those that love him, that, um, that he works it out at the end. So for whatever frustration I may have or whatever frustration there can be perceived, um, I know that God has me. So, yeah. This is Raw Radio.